Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce. And that would be me. This is the show where we focus on transition. My guests have all transitioned through changes and prospered with their changes. Their lives are more abundant today because of the changes. Because we regroup, we come out with realizing some of our greatest treasures haven't been used in before our change. They share their journeys to support you as you create your dreams and move forward on your journey. You know, my guest today, I am very excited about because she really brings valuable information to you as you transition through one area of your life, which is the finances area. Um, whether you have been uh, in a divorce, whether you have made another life change, then you're going to find this information very valuable. Now, Alicia West is the guest, is known as America's Retirement Authority. Now, don't think retirement, oh, no, that didn't apply to me. Because really, today, you start thinking about and supplementing your retirement. She is a highly decorated Marine Corps veteran, awesome, and respected community leader. Her successful firm... West Financial Group Incorporated is recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in retirement planning. Leisha is a best-selling author and sought-after speaker, having been quoted in the Wall Street Journal and the USA Today, and the list goes on. Leisha uses her leadership skills to give back to her community through volunteerism. She was awarded the President's Volunteer Service Award by President Barack Obama. She is a member of the Circle of Excellence, which was awarded to her by the Women in Insurance and Financial Services Organization. Leisha uses her contagious enthusiasm and amazing passion for helping baby boomers, seniors, and retirees preserve and protect their finances. And you're going to see today that she extends her knowledge into how do you actually go through getting married, and if you should go through a divorce, how do you protect yourself going through that major 
transition. So today we'll be giving you valuable information to help you as you move through and yet another transition. So welcome, Leisha. This is going to be a fantastic show. And I want my, oh wait, I want my listeners to, if they don't have a pen and paper and pen, they're going to need one because you are just packed full of great ideas. So welcome, Leisha, to the show. Good morning, Joyce. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) And tell me where you are today because this is kind of fun. I am snowed in in Kalamazoo, Michigan. (laughs) That is so amazing that you could be snowed in. I'm in Texas, and uh, we are so far from snow, as you know, because Leisha was actually grew up not far from uh, Tyler in her little city of Longview, Texas. So welcome. Thank you. Well, we have a big topic today. You know, uh, just the, the whole transition of taking on financial responsibilities is uh, huge. And I think many women kind of defer that responsibility, particularly when they get married, to their spouse. And so some of the wonderful information that you're going to share with us today is is tilted toward taking that responsibility even as you enter into the holy sanction of marriage. So it's you and I discussed this yesterday when we were visiting about today's show about the realizing that we're really making a, a new company, aren't we, when we get married? If we can take it out of that romantic little um, description that we put around marriage. That's correct. You're, it's like forming another corporate entity. You're right. You're forming a company and you're taking on a partner. That's exactly what goes on when you enter into right. a marriage, if you think about it in business terms. Yeah. Well, we don't usually like to because we're, you know, we're of the Cinderella. We all have the Cinderella syndrome where we have a rescuer that's going to take us on. But I certainly am. And that's the way I approach my marriage. And, and so um, it was a shock when the marriage did not um, uh, work. So. What would you suggest, what are some of the beginning steps that you really recommend for women to be aware of before they get married? And that's a a great place to start because before we're married, and I've been Cinderella, and I've gone through uh, through ones that didn't work out as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a a lot of us have been there. And Mm -hmm. if I would have been thinking clearly or had someone else to advise me before I got married, The first thing you want to do is to check both credit reports so that everybody's transparent and everybody understands what the household debt situation is going to look like together. Do we have more than one home? Um, Are there multiple loans, credit cards? The last thing you want to Mm -hmm. do is marry someone and you find out that they're loaded in a lot of debt that you may or may not have been aware of. Right. Is that... 
I'm asking out of just don't know. Um, is that easy to do for your partner? I mean, it should be open. You could should be able to say, honey, I'd like to check your credit report. But Absolutely. Uh, is that how you go about doing that? I mean, would they all be willing? I don't know. I would think if they would not, that's a flag, right? concerned. <laughs> that's a big flag. <laughs> But the woman also needs to be very aware that her finances um, need to be in pretty good shape as well because you're asking him to take on debt as as well, right? That's true. Everybody should be forthcoming with what their financial situation looks like before we even jump into this thing. Right. Well, let's assume that, that we've both been out of our uh, we've had our own separate finances. We've maybe come from working. We've had a career. So we each have separate bank accounts. So would you recommend that the woman get rid of hers, or, or what do you think is the best move from here? You absolutely need to keep and maintain your own separate bank account, and here's why. There, if, if one person has faulty credit or have had a bad history with a bank, there is what's called check systems, which a lot of folks don't know about. Check systems is kind of like the credit bureau of the bank. So if you have had a bank account that was closed, you may or may not be on check systems. Well, if you or your upcoming spouse is going to be on check systems, you're not allowed to open a bank account until the check systems is cleared up. And even then... There may be some problems getting a bank account. So if you're tied to someone else who might be on check systems or there's a joint account involved, you want to make sure that you maintain your own separate bank account, and I would keep that in your maiden name, and I would not add your spouse to that. Everyone needs to have their own separate account, which was established prior to getting married. Okay, now why do you say keep that in the maiden name, your maiden name? I think you... I think it would be safer just to keep those funds separately because that mm-hmm. was established account. I would keep that separate just to be safe. Yeah. Okay. I guess probably um, after the marriage that it would eliminate confusion and crossover of in banking, maybe. It, Is it, that it? It would. And in the event that you need to establish your own credit later on down the line, in the yes. event that the marriage doesn't work out, it's going to be a little easier because you still have this old bank account hanging around that's still in your maiden name rather than having to start all over again, change the Social Security card, and reestablish oh. yourself. Oh, okay. Well, don't you always keep the same Social Security card? You do. You have the same Social Security number, but yeah. the name can change. Oh, okay. All right. So if you well, change your name, if you change your name on a social security card, you're going to get another social security card, and then that's going to be the name that's registered under that number, not oh, the maiden name. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a we're going to go for a short break here. We have about sixty seconds, but. Um, Keeping that your own identity is so important. It it 
establishes you as a person, and it also kind of ensures that no matter what the future might bring, you still have this identity and you that you can fall back on, right? I mean, That's it just correct. makes sense. And, and, it, and it is a safer option. I mean, yeah. I, I hate to say yeah. it's the just-in-case, but it's the just-in-case. Right. And, and you never know what's going to happen. And that's with partnerships, that's with corporations, and that's certainly when we're forming a marriage. Right. Well, the you know, and another statistic, because I have done shows on, on divorce, the statistics of divorces have just increased so much over the last few years. So as when we come back, Leisha will be taking us into during the marriage. How do you still keep yourself separate and still have your identity? So we will be coming back and we will be talking more about keeping your identity through divorce. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney, Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Leisha West, who is the America's Retirement Authority. Now, I asked Leisha to come on, and she and I met each other at uh, a talk that we were giving at the Harvard Faculty Club, and she was just an awesome lady because she had so much information about uh, finances and retirement and all of that information that I just normally go, oh, no, don't want to deal with that. Now, if you're one of those people... I want you to realize that 
you do have to step up and take responsibility for yourself. I have learned that through my transition, but you have the advantage today to start thinking about you as an individual for the rest of your life. And keeping that identity is very important. So we, just before break, talked about the transition of before marriage, getting married, and now we're going to talk about what you do during marriage to keep your identity financially. And so then we'll go into if if the marriage ends up in divorce, what do you do? So, Leisha, when we talk about during marriage, most women, and I'm going to use myself as an example, get we melt into the arms of our husband, and we almost lose our identity. It's quite common that women as givers just almost give away all of their identity to the marriage. So I found that that was a challenge when I went through my divorce, challenge in reestablishing myself financially. So help us there. Well, during the marriage, after we tied the knot, I always advise everyone to subscribe to a credit monitoring service, uh, and if not, to at least check both credit reports on a regular basis because everybody needs to be transparent and everybody needs to be on board, again, what the joint household debt situation looks like. Mm-hmm. You don't want, you know, one party or the other to go haywire, go apply for a lot of credit cards, uh, maybe have loans that the other person doesn't know about, because that per- you're ultimately going to be responsible for that somewhere down the line. So there really needs to be open discussion and transparency, mm-hmm. specifically around credit, as we're discussing today. And you need to stay on top of that debt, and also to protect from identity theft. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be very mindful of being added to your spouse's existing credit cards as an authorized user, because that's going to show up on your report, and you'll also be held responsible for that debt uh, if the marriage ends, and vice versa. I would not add a spouse as an authorized user to any of your existing credit cards that you may have. And on another note, I would not change your name on any pre-existing debt. I would still continue with your maiden name. Now, quite frankly, I wouldn't tell your spouse that, but from a strategic perspective, if later on down the line, if something doesn't work out, it's much safer to help reestablish yourself because you have a bank account and you do have existing debt in your maiden name. I hate to, to use the just-in-case option, but that's the day and age that we live in. So those are a few things that I would do during the marriage. Right. You know, um, I remember I didn't have total freedom with our finances. And so... Um, I know there are probably other women out there that are in the same situation. And I find this really, de- I'm, an, I'm of the older generation where perhaps the men are more in control. My man was certainly more in control of our finances than I was. And it, it, quite frankly, I was happy for it to be that way. But 
when the transition came in our marriage, then I found it wasn't quite to my advantage at all because I was so totally out of the loop. So I did have what we might call my secret credit card because he wanted no credit. And um, so I found, but I found that a way that I could get my own credit card and some freedom financially. But I always felt like I was doing something kind of ugly or sneaky. And here it was really uh, not a bad idea, right? It's not a bad idea. It's safer. It's separate. I mean, like like you said, you're going to melt into the arms of Prince Charming, but, you know, what happens if it doesn't work out in the end mm-hmm. for either party? So right. it, it I hate to, again, use the just-in-case option, but in this day and age, the only person that's going to take care of you is you. That's true. That's true. Taking total responsibility for yourself was always something that Jack Canfield used in his trainings, that that's one of the best, the biggest steps that you can do as an individual. Realize you're responsible for you. So that is a big hurdle for a lot of people that move into the marriage realm. Um, Now, let's say the marriage does not live on as we had ideally thought it would. And so we go through divorce. So what are we talking about when we go through divorce? We have a whole list of things here. But prior to the divorce, what if I didn't didn't establish my credit? What am I going to do? Well, the, the first strategy you can do, if you're not the primary wage earner, so let's say the husband brings home the bacon, and you are you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a stay-at-home wife, mm-hmm. the first thing you can do prior to getting a divorce is establish your own credit using that primary wage earner's income and credit history to qualify because the credit card companies and creditors are looking at household income. That's what they're going to base your credit on. So before mm. you get divorced, Try to use the primary wage earner's income and credit history to qualify for your own credit. So that's one strategy that you can use uh, to get started. But what if he doesn't have good credit in my situation? um, And that's a great question. Whether your spouse has good credit or not is Mm -hmm. irrelevant because we're only using their income. Okay. Possibly, possibly their credit history, but they're going to be looking at income. And that's yes. why on those applications, they ask for the annual household income. So you w- would be able uh, to legally and ethically use the primary wage earner's income as well as your own to try to qualify for as much credit as you can while you're getting started on your own. Right. Yeah. Um, they... Um, Credit history, if they have not looked at that, there's no problem in citing in and, and on this service that you've recommended to us and getting that credit history even after you're moving into divorce or during the divorce process. That's correct because you're still married until you're divorced. So even though you're still separated, you're still, you're still considered married. Right. 
Okay. One of the things that I noticed in my divorce that I did get some of the miles, which we had always put on his card, um, at, as part of my settlement, but you mentioned here cashing out all credit card perks. What does that mean? That's right. We're cashing out the credit card perks, all the airline miles, anything that you have associated with that. Uh, so, for an example, I have a BMW credit card because I drive a BMW. And as yeah. long as I've run up and I use that credit card, when I go to lease or buy a new car, I use all of those points on my BMW credit card and I apply that uh, to my new car. So, for an example, the the last car that I bought, I was able to use $3,000 off the purchase price of the new car. So, that's just an example. But any credit card perks or airline miles, any of those credit card goodies that you have, you're going to cash out because you're going to remove your name and close all of the joint credit cards, all the lines of credit. You are not going to agree to remove your name and let a line of credit stay open for the spouse because you will still be held responsible. So you never, ever want to agree to let someone else have a credit card or a line of credit. Everything's got to be shut down. Everything's got to be closed. And therefore, you want to make sure that you're cashing out any of the perks that are associated with any existing lines of credit or any credit cards that you may have. Right. Um, now, I, I will tell you, when you do close down the credit cards, it's going to temporarily dip your credit card score. However, during the rebuild process, it'll bounce back. But be mm-hmm. aware the credit score will dip when we start shutting down a lot of these credit cards. But if you have your credit card uh, in your maiden name, then you do have credit still working for you, right? That is, right. That's correct, and that's separate. We want that to keep open. But addressing any of the joint credit cards or any of the mm-hmm. joint debt, everything gets absolutely shut down and closed out. This is a right. divorce, honey, so everything has to be completely separated. Right. Oh, this is this is like oh my goodness. <laughs> and and Joyce, on that note, just to explain that a little bit uh, better, understand that creditors and financial institutions they are not a party to any separation agreement or any divorce decree. Okay, they yeah. have entered into an agreement and a contract with the two parties, whether it's a business or a marriage, and those two parties are responsible. For that debt obligation. Right. So yeah. if one person takes on all the debt and goes bankrupt, they're going to come after you. If you decide to leave a line of credit open, which I've seen before, yes. but one person gets the credit card and the other person's name gets taken off, guess yeah. what? You're still responsible. So everything has to be shut down. A credit company does not care about your divorce decree. They don't care what the judge has to say. Right. Their contract was prior they're not prior to that. They're not a party to the separation agreement, and they will not right. respect it, and they're not responsible for it. They're still okay. on the hook. Leisha, we're going to go to break here, and that's a great place for us to stop because it is final, and we do need to do our housekeeping and clean up that that union 
so that we make a healthy transition. We'll be back with Leisha West as we continue talking about divorce transitions. Returns after this short break. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginhead.com. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Oh my goodness, Leisha West is just absolutely filling us with great information to help us through the divorce process because it is such a major financial, uh, not only does it affect us in other ways, but financially, ladies, we have some serious, serious transitions to go through here. We have to learn how to manage money. We have to learn how to pay off our debts because it may have been a co-venture in the past. So we're talking about that even in the divorce, we've made our separation, we have our separate cards, you have established a separate card and you realize there is some shared debt. And Leisha, you had told, you were telling us about that. It's still our responsibility, even though we may not have created the debt, but our ex spouse soon to be did create the debt, but we're still on the line for the debt. Correct. That's right. That's right. So if I sit down and I'm looking at our, uh, debts, what would be this first step to help me just get a, past the overwhelm into a better mindset, let's say, about this debt? 
Well, at this point, when you realize this is not going to work out, or even if you start to think it might not work mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. even if uh, we're kind of going that, that direction, I would shift it in high gear and prioritize what you owe. Get a real handle on what that snapshot looks like and prioritize everything. Once you start prioritizing, the first thing is any unsecured debt that you have, meaning hospital bills, medical bills, any attorney fees, or any uh, upcoming attorney fees, all those can be negotiated. So any unsecured debt, all the hospital bills, all that can be negotiated for lower payments, drawn out longer, and that can free up some money to go towards less lenient creditors that you may have. So the first Mm -hmm. thing we want to do is prioritize and put in our action plan. Mm -hmm. What if a woman has never negotiated before? Because some of our listeners, you you had taken, um, um, you were the earner in your family and I was not the earner, but I had done, I had lived single for many years. So we kind of feel comfortable about doing some negotiating. What would a woman do if she's not had that experience? Would she use an attorney or would she just make the call and say, I need to negotiate? And who does she talk to? Well, first of all, I wouldn't be intimidated by negotiating. And Mm. I would try to do it yourself first. I would Uh not call and say I want to negotiate, but I would call and say, this is my situation, and this is not the first time these creditors have heard this. And you're just going to call and be honest with them. I am going through a divorce. I was not the primary wage earner. My situation is obviously going to change, and my financial situation is is also going to change. I'm not going to to be able to make the payments that I am currently responsible to pay right. with attorney fees. I am, right. I am not able to, I'm not going to be able to pay this because my entire situation is changing. I would let them know I really need you to work with me on this. Mm-hmm. I am still taking responsibility for the debt, but it's going to have to be drawn out longer. And based on what my budget is going to be, this is what I'm going to be able to afford. And I need you right. to work with me. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to impose your will and force their hand, quite frankly. It's mm-hmm. not really a negotiating process. Either you can afford the payment <laughs> or you can't. No, you can't. And yes. these are the ones that you can negotiate with. And even they may give you a hard time, but make no mistake, attorney fees, hospital and medical bills, this is unsecured debt. I've done this a million times. They can negotiate. They may not want to, but they're going to have to. Right. Yes. Um, And one thing that I would say to my listeners is that if this is a new position that you've not done this, realize this is so this is done every day. So many people make this decision, make this this call. Uh, They go see the person. Um, They actually do. Would you recommend going in person or or calling? Just call. Call. Just call. That's good. This is not their first rodeo. They've heard this several times before. Right. This is old news. I'm going through a divorce. My finances are going to change. 
and we need to revisit the hospital bills and attorney fees and the payment plan that I am currently on because I'm not going to be able uh, to meet those obligations here in the very near future. So, Mm -hmm. again, I accept the responsibility of this debt. However, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to come down to, to what's affordable and mindful of my budget. Right. Yeah. So in, okay, now we're going to talk about that many times living conditions change. And so you specifically talk about if they're in rental property right now versus owning their own home. But if they're in rental property, you say rewrite the lease that they, you totally need to get yourself separated. Absolutely. If you or your spouse, whoever is moving out, you must go back to your landlord and have them rewrite the lease uh, with that, that other person not on there. They have to be taken off the lease. Right. Now, that appeal, that also is your utility bills, anything that has any – is that a legal document when you're on an agreement with the utility company? Absolutely. It yeah. absolutely is. So any legal document that carries both names uh, needs to be rewritten. That's correct. And even from the utility bill perspective, you don't want that utility bill to be in the spouse's name because they control everything. You don't Mm -hmm. want to come home and the electricity has been shut off, the water has been shut off, the cable has been shut off because it is in the spouse's name. I mean, people get crazy. It's a divorce. So (laughs) you want to make sure that is in your name and you control that. And then whoever's name that utility bill is, that is who is is responsible. So if the the spouse is on that, if the the spouse's name is on the utility bill, uh, they are responsible for that bill. And then you put it in your name. So that is completely separated out. You don't want joint names or anything like that. You don't want a spouse to have control over your utility bills. That's all got to right. be separated out. Absolutely. As best I remember when I, Chris, this was uh, 15, 16 years ago, when I, um, my spouse kept the residence. So when I moved into my new residence, I I remember that I didn't have to pay another deposit, and I'm thinking that was because I had that deposit history. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can transfer no different than if if you just moved, whether it was a divorce or not. If Uh you move from one residence to another, you're just going to go and take the utility out of one property and then turn it on at your new property. Absolutely. And because you have a good, good history with them, they're not going to require a deposit normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are making all of these transitions. That's a lot of paperwork that has to be done, isn't it? Mercy. Yes, there is. <laughs> Just like we created a business, we have to untie the knot and undo everything. Yeah, it was so much more fun when we were creating it. You know, it's a little heavy (laughs) when we're going through this divorce um, time. You know, it really is. But you have to, it's more of getting right with yourself, I think, and realizing 
you've made this decision, it's best for you. And these can be lighter decisions. They're just a matter of getting you back so that you're in control of your life. So take the heaviness out of it a bit. Well, next comes, we've got our, talked about our living. Now comes our wheels, you know, talking about cars. Uh, usually most families are two car families. So one normally gets a car, but let's say you don't. What happens then? Well, you're going to have to have your own wheels. That's yes. for sure. Right. If you do have a car already, I would temporarily downgrade, trade in, or privately sell it so you can have a, a great car that runs for as much as your budget will allow. You mm-hmm. want to stay current on all the payments, and you want to obtain your own auto insurance. And you also want to be taken off your spouse's auto insurance and your spouse's car loan. And you're going to have to force yes. them to either sell, trade in, or refinance and get your name off of their car loan, and you have your own car loan. This is a divorce. We're separating everything out. You don't want right. them on your insurance, and you don't need to be on their insurance. And I would also recommend that you use another insurance agent who doesn't know your spouse or has no connection to your spouse. You want everything to be completely separate. But your name cannot be attached to anything that that other spouse has. So don't agree to carry the insurance or stay on the car loan or anything like that because you're going to be responsible, especially if there is an accident or if anything would happen in the future. So it's very important, the car loan, all that has to be separated out. Well, some of this is actually done during the divorce decree, isn't it? When you have like two cars and you settle, one gets one car and one's, isn't that in that part of the divorce decree? I'm trying to remember that. It is and it can be, but I would, I, I would handle that during the divorce. So right. that is not even part of part of the divorce right. decree. I would yeah. I would start during the divorce. I would start handling all this and get it all separated out. I wouldn't wait mm-hmm. until the divorce decree comes down because enforcing the divorce decree is a whole a whole another ball game. <laughs> well, we are going to take another break. That just flew by because we were dealing with such heavy things. But I want to say that many times I find in this, this particular thing for a woman, it downsizing, um, sometimes is a very a traumatic, stressful situation. Nothing is forever. So some of these wise decisions can make life easier so that you can return later to the car that you want to drive and so forth. So it's really important that we, once again, take responsibility for where we are today. We'll be back. year's Super Bowl will air in 180 countries, and with that infamous coin toss for one day, most people will toss out their New Year's resolutions to lose weight. The Super Bowl accounts for 7% of an entire year of chicken wing sales. 48 million Americans will opt for having food delivered, with pizza franchises seeing their sales double on game day. Domino's alone looks forward to selling over 11 million pizzas on Super Bowl Sunday. What's a word for food that contains unknown ingredients? 
Akampaki. Americans will eat over 100 million pounds of guacamole and 8 million pounds of tortilla chips on game day. What's a word for those folks who call in sick the morning after a little too much indulgence? Arfarfanoffs. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. This is God in Country. The Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford. We have been talking with Leisha West. This lady has more information, valuable information, that we all learned, she learned sharing with me, when she made her own transitions. And she's of the kind heart that I want to share it like so many of us do. Once we've been through a transition, we want to share how we made it through, what we learned, so that you listening in will make your transition easier with less pain, with more knowledge. So I have loved our time, Leisha. And I just, uh, you know, there's so much good information that has been shared here today already. So in this last segment, I really want to complete the cycle we've gone through getting married prior to marriage, prior to marriage, during marriage, and now we've gone through the divorce, and this is kind of after the divorce where we're going to focus, but I really find that so many of my clients that I work with have this resistance to downsizing. It's sort of like they don't Um, And I have to say, I was right there with them. Downsizing was not one of the things I wanted to do, and I just didn't think that I should have to do that. But I found that life got easier, simpler, smoother when I downsized, got a grasp on where I stood today and what I could handle. Uh, It just made sense, good sense. So, tell us some of the things that if a woman, after divorce, we've gone through all the paper changing, the name changing, we're now our own individual self, what do we need to be aware of 
after the divorce? After the divorce, I want you to continue monitoring your credit report for unauthorized inquiries and accurate reporting. So update your credit report, your new last name, your last name, and your address, and uh, you want to insist on using your address or setting up all your bills online. You want to make sure everything is coming to your address, not the ex's address. And mm-hmm. don't be afraid to downsize as much as possible. It's just temporary. This is not right. a time to be prideful. This is a time to get a grip and really get a handle on things. And when you rebuild, you're going to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. But it is it is tough to swallow, mm-hmm. swallow your pride and, mm-hmm. and have to downsize. But just understand it's temporary. I want you to create a conservative budget. And live either within your means or below your means, because right now you're in rebuild mode. And it's no fault of your own. A lot of us have gone through it. And, again, you're going to feel amazing when it's all over with, because you did it. You rebuilt it all by yourself. Stay Mm -hmm. current on all of your debt. So we're now rebuilding our credit. Stay current on everything. That is key. If you are renting, go back to your landlord and ask them to report all the positive payments to the credit bureaus so you can continue to generate positive information and rebuild your credit. If you do have a 401k from an employer-sponsored retirement plan, don't be afraid to temporarily borrow because there is a provision for hardships. So as a last resort, you can borrow from a 401k, or hopefully you got half of the spouse's 401k, and you would be able to use that for emergencies or as a backup. Um, Mm -hmm. I also want you to check for credit blemishes on your credit report as you continue to monitor it because sometimes your ex's information may show up on your account, such as newly established utility bills or newly established credit, credit cards, because if they have used the same companies or the same institutions, they still mm-hmm. may be tying you two together. So you want to that, make sure that. Go ahead. I was just going to say that might be a really good reason to change companies. Right. So that you're working you with a different. All different companies, all different banks and credit unions. You want to use all different people, all different stockbrokers, all different insurance agents. You find other people that have no connection to your spouse. Um, mm-hmm. If you do have faulty credit or you're not able to open up credit cards on your own just yet, I would start by going to a store-issued retail uh, card, oh. wherever you go to shop at. Mm-hmm. The retail cards, they're very lenient. You know, even if they're giving you a couple of hundred dollars in credit, hey, it's a start. You buy something that you can pay off at the end of the month, start establishing that longevity and that good payment history. So that's always been a good strategy, a store-issued retail card at, at wherever you shop. Kohl's uh, yeah. is very friendly, JCPenney, Sears. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we're in the rebuild, so we're not talking, right. you know, Nordstrom's, Saks, and, and all the fun stuff. Uh, yeah. and, and, and you want to avoid bankruptcy. Seek credit counseling if you need to. But, you know, move heaven and earth to avoid bankruptcy. And like I said before, 
if if the other person has taken on all the debt, be careful of that because they may strategically be advised by their attorney to take all the debt and go bankrupt, and then they're going to come they're going to come after you. So you mm-hmm. want to avoid bankruptcy and maybe you know monitor the the situation of that and and be mindful of who who is contacting you for collection activity. Oh, okay. You know, one of the so things even you... after even after the divorce, if your ex declares bankruptcy, hey, they're coming after you, and then you're going to need to get an attorney to defend yourself, and we're off to the races all over again. And and again, they would come after you if you have not completed all your fine, all those agreements, changing addresses gonna, and so forth. Well, they're going to come after you because you were a party to that debt. Oh, remember, got it. Yeah. creditors right. and financial institutions—they're not a party to the separation agreement. Right. That is your problem, not theirs. They entered a contract right. with with the two of you. So, mm-hmm. as far as the divorce decree. They're not going to respect it. They're not going to honor it. And they are not going to change your credit report. And so that's why all of those joint debt obligations have to be absolutely shut down. So you Mm -hmm. don't want to show on your credit report that all of those accounts are closed. And like I said before, your credit will dip slightly, but as we start to rebuild, it will bounce back. But, but, they're not going to change the credit report just because the divorce decree says, okay, this debt is going to be assigned to this person. You've agreed to this debt. He's agreed to that debt. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. That's between you two. <laughs> That's not between you two and the creditor. So everything has to be absolutely shut down, and you want to check for credit blemishes, and you want the credit bureau to show that all of those accounts are closed. Right. You know, you mentioned something uh, earlier in this segment where um, many times if they've invested, they have money managers or something like that, uh, of like a financial uh, uh, account with one of the Merrill Lynch or one of the investment companies, that many times I find that not only do people not change representatives, but they they stay in the same financial institution. And I just, I just question that the woman who usually will have less money to work with than the man gets equal representation. I, it, I'm, I'm baffled that women would stay that in that same organization. I don't think that they know that they can leave. And I've seen that before where sometimes those money managers may give the impression that they can't leave and Mm -hmm. nothing could be further from the truth. You have to divorce everybody. So Mm -hmm. whether that be Mm -hmm. your your money manager or your stockbroker, I think it would be prudent to move your money to someone else. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I I favor working with and dealing with other women. That's just Mm -hmm. me. But I would find someone else, I would establish a relationship that you have with them. And I do think sometimes there may be a conflict of interest. And quite frankly, it's just awkward. Yes, you're right. It is. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, you know, so, in the short short time that we have left, I really you have an awesome um, perk for our listeners today, and that is direct access to you. So, if you will tell us how to get to you, Leisha, then uh, you may get some calls. So, well, I appreciate that. Any of your listeners are welcome to call me at 888-532-7429. That's 888-532-7429. And my direct email address is Leisha, L-E-A-S-H-A, at westfinancialgroup.com. That's Leisha, L-E-A-S-H-A, at westfinancialgroup.com. And I've had such a great time with you today, Joyce. I'd like to throw in another perk for your listeners, uh, which is this. If you have any unsecured debt, any hospital or medical bills or attorney fees or anything that you need that may need to be addressed or negotiated, please call me and I will be happy to make those calls and negotiate any of those payment plans for any of your listeners. Oh, my word. That's big. That's so awesome. So awesome. Well, we have come to the end, and I am so excited. Y'all, if you don't take advantage of that, oh, my. Because as you can tell, Leisha is a vast, uh, she's got so much information that can really help us move forward and a valuable asset for you today. So Leisha will be back. So we're going to have more programs that we can talk about because I think finances finances is the biggest area that we sometimes walk away with a marriage very insecure and uncomfortable. So, Leisha, thank you very much for sharing all that valuable information today. Uh, It's just changed. I'm impressed. I've learned things, and I've been on my own for 15, 20 years. So I thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Joyce. The pleasure is mine. All right. So we'll see you next week. Come back and listen to Second Wind. For another edition of Second Wind, through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 